1: G'day. How is everybody? Oh, it's just you and me. Good G'day.
0: Good I, <laughs> I love that. I, <laughs> I said something today. I was like, and it sounded really Australian
1: and I was like, oh, yeah, we,
0: we, are. we are Australian. So we have to deal with that. Really Australian. Um, we have to deal with the fact that we talk like this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, um, you're joined here with, um, Rachel and Cecilia, by the way. Hello. Lewis is, um, off at Fringe. Fringe in it. Yeah. Um, on, on my uh, One of my uni exercises this week was to try and write a little bit of a script. And so you've got to write the dialogue really, you know, accurate. It's got to sound like something somebody says. Exactly. So mine's like my little scene set somewhere in some little country town. So there's a lot of... There's some swearing. Yep, and there's some not complete words, and yeah, yeah, it's got to be convincing. It
0: does have to be convincing. It's it's, know? it's
1: interesting that the spoken word is so different to
0: the the written word. Yeah. Um, did that even make sense? The spoke anyway. Uh, you know look, what I mean? You hey, Know what I
1: mean? The thing is, guys, let's let everybody in on a little secret. We're so freaking tired, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We both
0: kind of walked in, and we we're just like. Uh, uh, and uh, we're like, do you think we'll get through this show? <laughs> and then we're like, come on, we can do it. We can do we this. We can do
1: this. We can. So, you know, look, we're going to do it. Uh, I have to guys. be honest. The show always perks me up. It like, does
0: actually, yeah. I mm. get
1: here and I'm so tired and then I do the show and like, it's it's like I've had some pingers. I don't know what <laughs> that's, I don't know really what a pinger is or what that would be like. Um, but
0: you know, the adrenaline comes in yep. and it's good fun and, yeah, you're leaving a bit of a high. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it's good to have chats. It is. Chats with people. And we're talking about things that we like, which is film. That's and right. We've seen a couple
1: and of things this week, which is great. Other the randomness, which is just how we, how we go. That's what we do. We
0: are. We are unscripted, the film show, and we do you know, uphold that title of being unscripted, which means that we come in every week with no script at all, which is kind of unprofessional because most radio shows would have a script laid
1: out. I have a scribble of the things we need to talk about. Is my scribble not good enough for you? I think it's great. Thank
0: you. Uh, I I love it. But just for those listening, if you ever wonder why, sometimes
1: this show... (laughs) Sounds unhinged. It is. I'm huge. And today especially because we're tired as far out, so let's get to it. <laughs> um, so just randomly, um, I I've not been following things like the Oscars nominations mm-hmm. and the Golden Globes, have they even happened? I don't know. I think Uh, the Golden Globes have happened, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I am so living under some kind of a rock, um, which is really bad for someone who um, presents on a film show to not know what's happening in the film area. But I um, took a snapshot of the movies that have been nominated for Best Picture for Oscars this year and I'm like, oh, wow, I've, I've seen... None of them apart from – no, mm-hmm. this is not true. I've seen Avatar The Way of Water. Yeah. By the way, should not be nominated. Um, get all the CGI awards and all the mm-hmm. technical awards you want. Sweep them. Just, just – you can't have this one. Um, I've not seen Top Gun Maverick – Uh, I think it's on Paramount. I don't have that streaming service. Women Talking is out shortly. Um, The screening for it is actually tonight, which we, and we couldn't attend because, Mm. you know, show night. So we're missing that. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once is on somewhere that I can view it, I think. Yes. Um, So I will try and see it, see that. The Banshees of Inrishan. I can't say that, Uh, I think, is maybe still out or... I think it's potentially... At some outdoor cinemas. Yeah, you might still be able to catch that at a cinema. Um, Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Triangle of Sadness is still out, I think. Uh, Fableman's is probably still out. Um, Avatar The Way of Water, I'm assuming that's still out. Elvis, I need to find that and I need to put it on the biggest screen I can find which you saw, mm-hmm. um, have Recently. you actually reviewed that? I did review that. I was missing, yes. in, I was MIA that MIA. week. So I haven't seen that. And last one, All's Quiet on the Rest in Front. Now we both watch this and mm-hmm. when I say we, I mean you watch the whole thing <laughs> and I watched an hour um, because I was really tired and it's very hard to read subtitles when you're tired mm. Um and I found they were just talking really, really fast and I just could not keep up. Um, So obviously it's a remake of um, the original that came out many, many years ago, which I have not seen. It's really bleak um, and, yeah, that's probably all I can say about it because I think you're either going to watch it or you're not going to watch it Um, so far... Um, if I have to pick the best film, it's that one because it's the only one I've seen and thought was decent because the other one was Avatar mm. and was not impressed. But anyway, there's an opportunity for you to see some of them. Absolutely. And I think you've seen
0: almost all of them. The only one I haven't seen would be Avatar. And potentially there was one on there that I don't think's had a release yet. Um, oh. in Australia, unless I'm... oh, Women Talking.
1: Yes, I'm sorry, yeah, yes. which has you. got the the, the screening tonight. Uh,
0: yeah, I think interesting. I would say for me it would have been Elvis, but it's kind of a tie now between probably Tar and Elvis. Oh wow! Just because, yeah. I was intimidated by that trailer. Tar.
1: Yeah. I'm intimidated by Kate Blanchett in, in that role. I think that's why I was intimidated. I think I was just like, wow, this is a force to be reckoned with and I don't know if I'm ready to be reckoned with right now.
0: She's not a character that you will like at all No, during I, the entire film.
1: Yeah, I think that's what I... I really struggle seeing films where the main character is not very likeable.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because this film is quite long. It sits at about 240. Oh. And there are these really long strings of dialogue and scenes. You know, the, the first one is her sitting at a table in a restaurant with somebody having a discussion. And I feel like this scene drags on for at least 15 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And each scene is is quite that just lengthy lengthy but it kind of just captures you because you're like what is going to happen and you kind of want to see if this character redeems herself throughout the story as well and it's a pretty simple plot you know she plays this um really renowned composer musician she's really respected um living in germany at the time and some allegations get put forth. It's a bit of a me too kind of movement, cancel culture type film. So yeah, some allegations are made against against her from some former students of Mm. hers, basically. And it's a bit like that, you know, she has to kind of prove herself and yeah, more and more just keep coming out and you just Uh. think, how is this going to play out? But yeah, she's not a nice person. You don't really like her throughout the film. And it, it is a really slow film. I think that and it doesn't kind of, you know how a lot of films will, ha- you know, they'll start out slow, they'll hit this peak right at the top and then mm-hmm. they'll kind of, you know, end. Yep. It doesn't really go through those film moments. It kind of just feels like you're following this character around and just
1: watching her get, you know, dig herself deeper and deeper into a hole. Which sometimes can be very entertaining mm. in the right kind of film. Yeah, look. But it's, it's interesting. It's, it's in your, your, you're thinking that, uh, yeah. Between that and Elvis. Between so. that and Elvis. And they're both
0: completely different films. Yeah. You know, Elvis is this, you know, flamboyant Spectacle, if you like, and then yeah, Tar's very much a a character piece about somebody who, yeah, is not likable at all. And and a Mm. very long both long films, but both two films that had me really captured the entire time, which I really like about that because you know, we you know, us we like our short, sweet films, (laughs) but you know, if a film is long and it can capture me, then hey, I'm all about it,
1: yeah. I mean, I think about last year, um, the Japanese film. Which name escapes me now? Drive my car. Drive Drive my my car. car. I don't know why I said it like that. Drive my car. Drive my car. Um, Yeah. Siri, seriously, (laughs) did you even find the right movie? Um, Pimp my ride. They found no. Spirited Away. (laughs) Um, I guess that's a Japanese film. So. yeah, I got sucked into that film and it was really long and for some reason when it finished I was like, oh, but I could spend all day with mm. these people. But anyway, let's move on. Um, speaking of, you know, films that had n- nominations for Oscars, look at that segue. I mean, aren't I amazing? Titanic, 25-year anniversary. It's out at the cinemas right now. Um, crazy. I know. Think that you can go and watch that film in cinemas right now. Yeah, 4K and 3D. <laughs> I don't understand how they've done 3D, I'm like, do I want to have a panic attack while I watch someone, <laughs> lots of people drown and falling and I still always remember the person who falls and, they like, hits the nice. propeller? Yeah. Um, do we want to witness that in 3D? Yeah. I'm really?
0: not sure.
1: I don't know that I can do that. No. It's, yeah, but it is out now and you can see it. I checked. I'm like, yep, it's definitely showing. Um, so if you're a big Titanic fan and you've never seen it on the big screen, because there'll be plenty of people who haven't. Mm. Um, it Um is very tempting to go and see it. But the last time, untempted. yeah, the last time I watched it, though, I was like, really upset. I was like, how did I watch this when I was younger and not get so traumatized? Like, this is full on.
0: I remember watching this film for the very first time, uh, very young. I wasn't even in double digits yet. Oh, holy moly. And I remember just crying my little eyes out at the end and thinking, why would my parents allow me to watch this? Yeah. And I think I've only ever seen it once. And that was the first time I've seen it because I didn't want to put myself through it again.
1: I I rewatched it, I don't know, like maybe five years ago or something like that. And I think when I watched it originally, I was in my late teens I think mm. and maybe I, my my frontal lobe was not fully formed so I just thought it was a cool film. I didn't think too hard about it but the second time I watched it I was like, you know, the old people and you're like, oh my God, these people know they're going to die. Yeah. That freaks me out more than anything. Yeah. Like there's no... Um, you know, most people don't know when they're going to die. It kind of just happens unless they're sick or mm-hmm. whatever. But can you imagine like being, don't because you have a panic attack, but like being on that boat, it's sinking and yeah. knowing, oh, I'm, I'm going to die. Yeah and there's nothing I can do about yeah, it. Yeah,
0: it's pretty frightening. And then to think that they didn't have enough lifeboats and all of those people trying to find their place on, mm-hmm. on them. And I think that was the scary thing. And I remember watching this when I was young going, why don't they just all squeeze on, not understanding the logistics of having too many people on a small boat small life well, boat. Could, could, you know? They could have had more
1: people they on there. Have. They could have. Didn't
0: they only half fill each? There was
1: one, it, there was something ridiculous. One of the, I think they could have had like 70 odd people or 80 odd people yeah. on each boat. They, are, they were quite large. Mm. Um, and one of them went off with 12 people on it. That's right. They weren't at full capacity all of so, them. Which kind of. But they didn't have enough, even if they were at full capacity. Exactly. To, to save, save half of the people yeah. that were on the boat. Yeah. Because they cluttered. It up the deck, you know, but anyway, oh, plus it was unsinkable. Well, that's the thing, it was unsinkable, wasn't it? So, why would you need anybody? <laughs> so, um, it, it's, it's funny, there was another film that I watched last this yeah in the last week, um, called Old. And Mm. the reason I watched it was because we talked about Knock at the Cabin last week because it came out last week and I still hadn't seen M. Night Shyamalan's last film, which was old, and I had wanted to see it. Um, And you mentioned, you know, um, there's some really creepy moments in it and and whatnot. But in general, that was like one of the worst M. Night Shyamalan films I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, honestly.
0: And it was adapted from a poem, I think, which is potentially why it wasn't his Ah. best work? Because I feel like his best work is his original stuff.
1: Well, and I think it's really hard. I I think it's the ending that really killed it. Mm. And I think, like, if you haven't seen the movie, um, I'm not going to give anything away here. But, you know, you've got this beach that they get stuck on and they all start ageing. And I think if you were to read that in a poem... It would be really interesting because I'm sure in a poem it's not all tied up at the end and explained as to why this is happening. I don't think so. I feel like
0: Shyamalan created the end bit. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know that for that. that is,
1: I, that's I would accurate, imagine, but I that's, would
0: say that because it kind of feels so different to the rest yeah. of the story. And mm. I
1: think also, even if it was a short story, I almost feel like most short stories are kind of a snapshot. It, it you're kind of coming in late and ending, mm. and it finishes before you feel like it needs to finish yeah um and so yeah I think it it just got yeah a little bit ruined by the ending I can uh, yeah you've got to make sense of it and everything it was kind of I reckon it would have been better if it just made no sense
0: I almost I actually do agree with you why not end it leaving the audience like oh that's crap but you know Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Why not just end it where they're still on the beach sitting there questioning it themselves mm-hmm. as two people going well what's happened and then rather than yeah go into that that bit at the end which i'm not going to talk about obviously no i don't want to spoil it um but yeah no I, I completely agree with you you probably didn't need that ending no you could have just cut the film before that
1: and speaking of endings you were mentioning off air that um knock the cabin had a different ending to the to the short story
0: yeah i've not read the the source material but i'm interested now to go back and maybe give it a go based mm. on some yeah information i i read that about half way through it deviates from the ending completely and um Shyamalan and I think there was two other writers that worked with him on on this had mm-hmm. yeah changed it completely and that potentially the the novel or, or the short I can't remember if it's a short story or a novel yeah um had a much darker ending oh I'm just trying to, and I'm just trying to imagine what that ending might potentially
1: be well I think for those who haven't seen it we won't spoil it at mm-hmm. all but um I think I could put one on in- two together and probably figure out yeah what it might be I
0: think I'm with you on that
1: um but I think it's one of the the better M. Night Shyamalan films over the last chunk of time and but Mm. I haven't seen Split Mm. so um and then
0: there was The Visit as well which was more of a horror yeah I've not seen that either um actually a, quite an enjoyable twist. It's actually more of a fun M. Night Shyamalan film right. with some jump scares. So if you're prepared to... And I don't know, sometimes you like horror but not I watch time.
1: horror on my phone so <laughs> that it doesn't scare me too much. Like, um, you know, remember how that's how I watched it? I'm like, I'm yeah. not watching it unless I can watch it on my little <laughs>
0: phone. I really liked The Visit. It kind of... It's fun and but not too stupid, if that makes sense. Hmm. So I think it's one worth watching. But oh, yeah. well, I
1: might have to have a look for it. But we might um, go to a sponsor and then come back and talk about the new Hugh Jackman film, Sun.
0: You're listening to Unscripted, the film show.
1: Oh, my God, it's Lewis. Lewis, is, he's here. No, he's not. No, Aww. just in spirit. Just um, in spirit. Well, that makes me sound like he's dead. He's just going to... <laughs>
0: he's, he's just at Fringe, people. He's calm He's just down. at a
1: Fringe show, guys. <laughs> calm your farm. And I'm sure he'll bring back all the uh, latest and greatest from Fringe next week. I'm he sure he will.
0: he delves into that because we didn't get much of a Fringe. I don't think we talked about Fringe last week. We all, haven't. All, did we?
1: No, we haven't had an opportunity <laughs> um, much. Um, that's okay. He'll tell us all about it. But you saw The Sun, I did. Um, which I know absolutely nothing about, although for some reason just the idea of a a story with the name The Sun makes me panic a little.
0: Yeah. Do you know what? It, it, it's interesting because I actually thought about you after this film, not in oh. a weird way, but I was thinking about the type of audience that might be appropriate to this film. And I'm going to talk more about it, but I think... I think as a mother, this could be a very, very difficult film to watch and potentially one to maybe avoid.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, So it's the latest film from director Florian Zeller. And now he was the filmmaker behind uh, the 2020 film The Father.
1: Oh, Which, yeah, and um, I, I see he's, um, he's, he's rehired Mr. Anthony. He
0: certainly has, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Um, and Olivia Coleman was also in that film as well. But The Sun stars Hugh Jackman as Peter. He's this successful lawyer who's left his wife, Kate, played by Laura Dern, uh, for a younger woman. Uh, Beth played by Vanessa Kirkby. However, Peter and Laura still, uh, sorry, Kate still have a teenage teenage son, Nicholas played by Zen McGrath. And Nicholas is, he's really bitter about his, you know, parents' divorce, Mm. you know, his dad's new marriage and the fact that they've also got this newborn son called Theo. Uh, But he's not just being a bratty, He he's exhibiting these real telltale signs of mental health issues, and his parents are kind of aware that you know there's something happening, but they're a little bit oblivious to just how serious these you know concerns are. So you know he'll say something about you know life being really difficult, and his parents are kind of like oh we've just got to get on with it. So Mm. they're a little bit ignorant in that. That respect, and you know, the central theme to the film is really about depression in adolescence, and how parents are kind of left sometimes in that really difficult position in not really knowing how to deal with that or, or what to do in a situation like that. Now, the son, it's not as strong as the father in terms of the filmmaking.
1: Um, the father was a real kind of
0: visual representation of what dementia was like. That
1: that's so funny. I really, I only literally just made the connection that the first the film we talked about was the father and then he's made the son the son I bet they're not connected at all they're not
0: i actually thought they might be too right going in and knowing that anthony hopkins was also part of the film but you know i wonder if he might make one called the mother and the <laughs> I, I don't know you never know but um you know unfortunately zella doesn't quite hit the nail on the head in delivering that exploit exploration of teenage depression i should say but i don't want to be too critical because it is a sad film it's an mm. incredibly bleak film and an important film I think the themes of depression are really um, important and I think all the elements of a great film are there they just aren't pieced together uh, properly and yeah like I said at the beginning I think this is a really difficult film for uh, a parent to watch Mm. Uh, you know I went along and I found it difficult to watch because I felt like I could almost relate to this kid a bit and I think there will be people there who can relate to the kid and his depression but I think that being a parent and watching somebody you care and love about struggle with something like this would be just heartbreaking.
1: I really struggled with the film um, Dear Evan Peters, I think oh, it's called, or just Dear, dear, dear Evan.
0: Hanson? Uh, yes, thank yeah. you, Dear
1: Evan Hansen. I don't know if you saw that or not. It's a musical, mm. but um, it, it deals a lot with teenage depression and... Trigger warning um, for those who need it. Um, also suicidal ideation as mm-hmm. well as suicide itself. Um, I really, really struggled to see that film or to watch that film because I've had mental health issues before and, well, and still, I mean, let's be honest, I still have those issues. And it was really difficult for me to watch someone live through those that horrible Time, because I know how horrible it is mm-hmm. to be to have that headspace, and then to think, you know, that it's a teenager, and I have a teenage, oh, I don't have a teenage boy, but I've got a boy who one day will be a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I've I've really struggled watching it because whenever there is a, a boy in films now, no matter what age it is, if he's a son of some kind, I just want to scoop him up and mm-hmm. be like, "It's going to be okay." Yeah. So that's what's happened to me as as a mum. So, oh, yeah, I think I, I'd struggle with it.
0: I think, yeah, and it's devastating. Mm. And I think that, yeah, you know, and I'm really sitting on the fence with this and I would say I'm probably going to score it about, you know, two and a half. Mm. But the reason I'm scoring it that is it's not the the thematical the side to it. So the themes in the film are great and important and, and whatnot. It's just the way the film was pieced together. I don't think it quite got across... Um, as well as The Father did. And maybe I shouldn't compare the two films, but Mm. I just felt like, um, yeah, all the pieces were there. It just didn't blend together as nicely and, and concise and succinct as I wanted. But in saying that, it's still a really heartbreaking and hard watch. I don't think I'd ever see this again. And I think if someone had told me what happens in this film, I probably wouldn't have watched it.
1: Oh god! So
0: I'm not going to say much more than that. I think if it's hard to say who, like, it's hard to sell this film. Yeah, to be honest, because yep. who do you go, who do you encourage to go and see a film like this? Mm. I don't know. That's that's the thing. I don't know. Mm. I don't know how to sell this film any more than telling you it, it it's it's a very bleak. bleak film and that I probably would not have seen it if I knew how it was going to play out and I probably wouldn't have seen it Yeah, I would never watch this again. But it's not a terrible film. I just, I don't know. Sometimes you just don't want to watch these types of films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know who to sell it to. Yeah. Um. So I guess maybe I'll leave it at that and people can make up their own mind as to if they want to go and, and watch this you know exploration of teenage depression.
1: Mm, it's so. interesting the director's obviously interested in the human mind mm. and what can happen to it when it's um starts to go off the rails I yeah. guess.
0: Yeah particularly yeah with the father but um I don't have you seen the father?
1: I haven't I really wanted to mm. um it's, it's I just dead. didn't get around to it.
0: Really bleak and depressing. And and I depressing. would str-
1: I would struggle um my auntie passed away of dementia mm. and I would struggle with it too because I would just think about her.
0: Yeah. I think what I liked about the father though was the way that it made the audience almost feel like him. You almost Mm. couldn't tell what was real or wasn't. Yeah. So you felt, yeah, I think it was that visualisation and really putting the audience in a position of maybe understanding for a brief moment what it might
1: actually be truly like to struggle from. Dementia? I thought, going back to the film Old we were talking about before, there's a character in that that apparently is schizophrenic. Um, But when I was watching it, I thought he was suffering from dementia because he seemed to get worse as he aged. So I thought that was what was wrong with him. But then they said that, yeah, but anyway.
0: Oh, I do recall that character, yeah. Yeah, the
1: British guy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. With the the young wife.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: But anyway, it's not worth seeing, guys. <laughs> just don't worry about it. Um.
0: <laughs> I'm glad we got that film out the way first, though, because yes, we're going to go into
1: some. We do stuff. have a lot more lighter <laughs> things to talk about. Um. We might transition. Um. Now, just just to lighten the mood. Um, I watched a TV show called Kunk on Earth. Um, not a swear word, guys. Not a swear word. Um, and it, I believe the person who plays uh, Philomena Kunk is a lady called Diane Morgan. Um, I need to just confirm that. But is it is indeed Diane Morgan. So she plays a documentarian um, who is a little bit like Borat in some ways because mm-hmm. she's asking questions to real people but she is not a real person
0: oh so the people that she's asking them to think she's serious about yeah i'm thing? sure i'm sure mm.
1: when they went into it i'm sure they told them look this person's a character okay. it's not a it's not a real person asking you these real questions mm. because i think otherwise they, they some of their reactions would have been not <laughs> Not what you want, um, so you end up. So it it follows. Uh, there's five episodes, and it follows um, um, educator, I guess, Philomena Kunk, who um, goes through the life of the world from beginning, like caveman type, to to like wartime, and you know the uh, industrial revolution, and then climate change all that sort of stuff and the renaissance and stuff like that. So you do, if, if you're interested in learning something with a bit of comedy, it's a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. I think most people, um, it's, it's a lot of common knowledge but I guess uh, some of it is is not common knowledge. But, I mean, she says things along the lines of, um, so if you're a caveman and you're making tools, would you use your front legs or your back legs? <laughs> And so the person's explaining, well, they would... I guess they would be their front legs, Mm -hmm. which we would call arms now, and they they didn't actually walk around on arms and and (laughs) legs. Um, um, She also mentions the Titanic, um, but she calls it the Titan IC. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just just making little errors um, like that, and uh, it's very, very funny, and... um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. If, if you're interested, if, if that's your kind of thing, um, you'll really, really enjoy it. I watched it in one day. It was, wow. yeah. And I'm like, I need to watch this again so Chris can watch it with me. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would highly, highly recommend it. It's, it's on Netflix and it's really, really, really funny. Um, and I think she's been, like, she's done lots of other stuff um, that I haven't seen. So it is a character that she has had um, for a few years. There's been on Britain, Kunkon... Uh, Shakespeare, um, kunk on other humans. So it's it's a character she's used before and off air I will give you a line that she has said on one of these other programs which is not safe for on air. <laughs> um, so yeah, really, really funny on Netflix. Check it out, Kunk on Earth and uh, with that we will go to a couple of sponsors and come back and talk about some half-naked men. Yeah. You've got my you've piqued my interest. Well, I didn't see it, so <laughs> you'll have to peak my interest. I'll have to peak your interest. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Sorry. There was a little moment there where we were just looking at some different things, um, looking at the character of Philomena Kunk and where we had seen her before and she was in the TV special uh, Death to 2020 but not, not playing Philomena Kunk, playing a, a different character.
0: That's right. and yeah, Was she maybe the character who was sitting
1: on the couch? She
0: was, the one at home. Right. Just giving her input into yeah, like
1: what was happening what was on happening. TV.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she was that person. But that's quite, I quite enjoyed those. I think Hugh Grant was in it. And I think, was he a historian?
1: He was a historian who was clearly completely not politically correct and a bit of a misogynist. And he also
0: believed things like Harry Potter was real. Oh. Was that, or something like that. I can't remember. I but,
1: haven't seen, De- was there a Death to 2021? There was. So there was one and I then really another. Need, yeah, yeah, I yeah. need to see that one because I think I saw Death to Twenty Twenty first before mm-hmm. you guys did and then yes. I just haven't seen Death to 2021.
0: Yeah, well, I only watched it because you mentioned it ah. and then I think the other one came out and I was like, oh, I'll give it a go.
1: Something oh well, there nice. you go. It's kind of this. This is sort of in the same vein, I guess. Same kind yes. of stupid comedy, kind of
0: mockumentary stuff.
1: Yeah, got to love a mockumentary. Um, not a mockumentary, Mike uh, uh, Magic Mike. The last strip. What's it called? Magic Mike's last dance. Oh, sorry, not uh, last strip. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, ladies. It's taking the pants <laughs> off for the last time fan yourselves oh dear it is it's the third
0: movie in the the magic mike series if you like starring channing tatum and of course i think the first one was released back in 2012 or something like that you know it was followed up with a second but really it's a story about mike who's uh who's a very talented dancer Mm. uh male dancer uh, male entertainer, whatever you'd like to refer to him as. And you, I, I can't quite recall how the first two played out. I remember I think in the first one it was really an introduction to his character and he yeah. took someone under his wing or something like that.
1: Yeah, there was a young guy yeah. he was a, and, and he was a carpenter and he danced while making a table.
0: And, and things just happened. But, you know, some of yeah. the other characters I think you had, um, yeah, Joe... Um, I can never say his surname. Joe Magnanello, Mac- yep, um, and and some other really well known faces. But this film is is the third, and it stars again Channing Tatum, who is bartending when we when we meet him, and he happens to meet a very wealthy socialite played by Selma Hayek, mm-hmm. who offers him a chance to direct his own stage show in London after seeing one of his uh, dance performances. So he, he basically takes a trip to London in this third and final... Well, I say final film, but is it
1: really? Will he make a return in 20 years' time to look strip again? I don't know. I'm I, uh, As someone who didn't watch the second one because I watched the first one... <laughs> Um, there's nothing wrong with them. Like if that's your bag, it's mm. fine. And th- honestly, the first time I watched it, I thought, this is hilarious. Mm. Um, this is actually not that bad. And then I went to watch it again and I was like, this is the worst movie that's ever been created with mm. the worst dialogue and the worst acting and the like, just, uh, I think I was the the person, the, the lady who was his love interest in the first one, I was like, have, have you acted before at, at all? <laughs> no? okay, Very sorry love um yeah. but I mean it has its obviously it has its good moments, and you've got matt McConaughey,
0: oh yes, Matthew McConaughey was in the first one, yes wasn't yes. yes was he not
1: in the second one
0: potentially he definitely wasn't in the third one, but um oh. you know, look, I think you know, and I agree I agree with you they were a uh, fun they were a little bit of fun the first time that you watched them you know you really don't go for the plot or or, no i believe you're going for chest you're going to see some men dance and that's Mm. really what you're going for you don't really need a plot with these films and you know when i look at this film the first one was a a bit of fun the second one was again a little bit of fun had some real funny moments in it but you know wasn't a standout film by any means Unfortunately, though, this one doesn't even feel like it has the fun that the first two has. There's right. There's very little... Um, you know, to me it's a film about male strippers and there was very little stripping in this third what? film. Oh, what? That's why um, it's not
1: called The Last Strip.
0: It was... Look, there was... What's
1: it called again, Magic Mike? The last last dance. There was a Mm. lot of
0: dancing in this film um, because, you know, he goes across to London and he recruits these dancers and they put on this show. Mm. But, you know, it's not the kind of – it's not in the same vein as the first two films in in what it really set out to do was be, you know, male entertainers. And, you know, there's some – Maybe one interesting dance in this entire film that you kind of watch, but then it also almost becomes like them having sex with clothes on, and it becomes a little bit
1: awkward oh, okay. so it
0: kind of Jeez. it kind of crosses that boundary too so mm. it kind of jumps from being you know fun in the first film you know male strippers to yeah just being a little bit strange and and weird in this third one but they don't even bring back some of the regular characters that you know literally you've only got Channing
1: Tatum oh, um, as, no as Mike in
0: this film and then obviously you're introduced to Selma Hayek's character my but favorite
1: one's Joe, yeah with this unpronounceable surname
0: so I was really disappointed to to not have those guys return. And I think just taking it to another country entirely, to London, just kind of threw me a little bit. So, mm. yeah, I don't think this was uh, all that all that great, unfortunately. What can I say? Mm. And, you know, I even went along and I said, look, I don't need a plot. I just need two hours of Chantam Tating and his other friends dancing on stage. Or 90 naked. minutes, just a little but bit. But I didn't even get that. That I feels like a rip-off. That. I felt... Uh, but I didn't even get a good plot then. Like there was nothing there that kept me really that interested. And in you had to thing. drive all the way to Carina. I did. I had to drive really far. But, um, yeah, so it was interesting. And I think for part of it I was sitting there going, okay, look, you know, something fun's going to happen. The old characters are going to return and show up in London and have a good time. But that didn't happen. So, mm. yeah, you kind of, um, yeah, get to the end and, and the dancing beca- the the dancing's not quite stripping and then it crosses stripping and becomes, yes, sex with clothes on. So, yeah, look, I just don't think this yes. was a very well... Uh, they could have come up with a better story and just
1: kept it simple. Keep. I think they've just tried to make it too much of... Like they tried to do a real story and they're like, no, you don't need yeah. to do a story because yeah. look what happens when you try and do a story. Exactly. It doesn't work.
0: So it didn't work. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunately this is definitely the worst of the Magic Mike films. <laughs> I'm glad it's the last. Uh, and, yeah, I think if you just want some good male stripping, uh, just go back to the first.
1: Oh, goodness me. Sorry,
0: I'm going to score or, or go somewhere and fringe. Surely there's
1: something yeah, going well, on. Yeah, well,
0: there is actually. There's some... Um, acrobats that take their shirts off oh and
1: okay dance. did you see that i did oh i did <laughs> <Ooh. Okay.
0: laughs> um i very much did
1: i don't think i can take my husband can i
0: no there was lots of men there oh really some um, very very entertaining uh it's it was called Head First Acrobats and the story was gods. So it was about these Greek oh, right. gods and there was four of them and they do a lot of acrobats and singing, dancing and there's a story happening there as well. But I went to a packed out, sold out show and there was very much an equal huh. ratio of uh, men and women. So definitely enjoyable for, I was going to say the entire family then, but then I was, <laughs> not the entire family.
1: Um, I mean, if your family is likes to share those kind of things together and I your oh. kids are adults, yeah, and you know there's nothing wrong with you know sexuality and all of those things. I mean, it's probably just not something you want to watch yeah. with, with your them. kids, regardless yeah. of how old they are.
0: That is true. Oh. Uh, I hate to say this, but I'm going to score this film. I don't even know if I've given a score this low in a very long time.
1: Oh no! I'm going to score it a one. One what? A one bus trip. Oh. <laughs>
0: It just was not a good story, and there was not enough good dancing, and there was not enough of the. There was no return of the characters that I wanted to see. Yeah, that's. I I
1: haven't really sold this at all, have I, this movie? Oh, look, I think people who are interested in in, in, it are going to go see it regardless. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. But I watched um, another streaming service um, movie, Prime. Uh, is what I uh, was tuned into. You can't tune into it because it's not a TV with a tuning thing. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Prime. Um, I watched the new um, Jennifer Lopez, Josh Duhamel movie, Shotgun Wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen <gasps> it anything. It f- popping up. on my like, I do know, I watch
0: it? Do I not watch it? it? Well, I'll tell you. Oh. Um,
1: it, it kept popping up as well for me and I'm like, look, I need something to review, I guess I'll watch it. That's that's pretty bad. That's how things go at my, in my life at the moment because I can't get to the cinema as much. Um, but it follows Darcy and Tom who have gone to the Philippines to a secluded little island for their wedding, mm-hmm. um, which is quite a large wedding, um, and they get taken hostage that's the short like wow. there's not much else really to give you I mean they have you know in your traditional I don't know what you would call it like a thriller rom-com type scenario they've obviously had some issues that they've not talked about before the wedding mm-hmm. um Josh DeMel's character Tom has been a previously been a baseball um Player who didn't get picked up, like he's he's aged out or whatever. So he's devoted the last you know six months or whatever to, um, planning this wedding to the nth degree to try and make it perfect and everything. And I and Darcy's the Jennifer Lopez character was scared of marriage and you know you know all those kind of yeah. traditional things that you know you would expect in you know one of these types of movies. Mm -hmm. Not that I've seen a a hostage situation at a wedding in a movie before, so I guess that's new. Um, So Lenny Kravitz comes along in the form of her ex-partner or ex-fiancé even, uh, Sean. So her father insisted on um, inviting him. So super awkward when he arrives in a helicopter. Um, Yeah, like... that's a lot to live up to lenny kravitz i
0: mean lenny kravitz just just lenny kravitz
1: i know i mean (laughs) i mean josh demore's very impressive as well but you know he's feeling rather insecure Mm. around the perfect um you know lenny kravitz (laughs) character um you've also got his parents are played by jennifer coolidge and steve coulter so they're quite funny um and Jennifer Lopez's characters, or oh, Darcy's parents, are played by Sonia Brager and Chet Marin. So they have some interesting moments as well. They're a divorced couple with issues and he's got a new very, very young yoga um, um, yes, girlfriend. So there's some tension there. Um, I mean, it, it's bits of it are funny and I did laugh out loud at a couple of bits. Yeah. Um, which is kind of all you need when you're at home, yeah. I guess. Um, you don't need a spectacular because you've not paid that much really mm-hmm. to, to see it. Um, it's only got 5.5 on um, on on the, what do you call it, on the IMDB page. So some people are basically loving it, some people are hating it. But at the end of the day, it's just a little bit of fun mm. and... I don't. There is something about Jennifer Lopez that I find really endearing, mm. and she seems she had another wedding movie last year with um, Owen Wilson, she did. marrying yeah. which I haven't seen, where she plays like a sort of a character like she is with, who's a singing sensation. And but yeah, so she she likes the rom com. She does. Um, I guess it's something she knows her kids can see. I don't know how old her kids are, but you know, and I mean, honestly, you know, there's that story of like all of those terrible movies with Adam Sandler where he's with his mates, but they're always at some really nice location. I mean, at the end of the day, she's at some really, really nice island. I'm sure um, filming was difficult in parts, but generally speaking, nice environment to do it in. So who cares that the script's a bit rubbish? (laughs) Um, But yeah, they, they do have their moments and I don't know. Josh Jamel was quite entertaining in parts. I'm, I'm going to give it um, two and a half pineapples with lights crazy glued to it.
0: There you go. I'm interested to see what that's about. But uh, Jennifer Coolidge is, is making a bit of a resurgence at she the moment. She is. I've seen her in so much um, The Watcher, which was, uh, I think, an eight part oh, series yeah. on Netflix. That's right. White Lotus. Uh, which I've just started watching, but seriously am really enjoying.
1: I'm feeling very jealous because I wish I could go back and have experience, experience, that experience watching that yeah. for the first time again. There's a few things like that. And I'm like, oh, man, that's not fair.
0: I know. I wish I could enjoy that over again. But, yeah, no, it's great to see her on screen. Um, I quite again. like during The Watcher. She's... I
1: didn't get through The Watcher. I don't know if we've talked about The Watcher on we the didn't show before. speak about it
0: on air. I think we briefly spoke about it off air because we both have a bit of a thing for
1: Bobby Cannavale mm, who is yes. obviously
0: in this. Yeah. Um,
1: so, and Naomi Watts, do you know the story behind The Watcher? Briefly. So okay. I
0: feel like obviously the series is very dramatised.
1: Extraordinarily so. <laughs> um so, for those who don't know, it is playing, it is on Netflix, and it is based on loosely a story that happened in, I think, New Jersey. Um, so, this couple with their kids move into this house, and they start getting these really strange letters in the mail um, telling them they're being watched. They know the kids' names. They seem to know, um, you know, what time of day they do certain things. And,. Uh, it starts to become very threatening very quickly, and they don't know if it's the neighbours that are doing it or, um, yeah. So they get become extremely creeped out, and the the mother and the two kids move out while the the dad stays there finishing the renovations so that they can sell it. Um, took him a very long time to sell it. I don't, I didn't finish watching the series. Mm-hmm. I got about four episodes in, and I just was not drawn in. And they really have very much dramatized I'd feel really uncomfortable mm-hmm. if I was the people who were involved in that situation and watching their portrayal on screen mm. um it's extremely sexualized it is it's it's unnerving in a way but, and and also yeah that it
0: takes some really weird turns as yeah. well that yeah i just know that didn't happen and probably weren't great for the actual series itself. They just were a little bit unbelievable in some Mm. respects. But, you know... I think
1: that's what I ended up, like, stopping watching. Mm. But um, I mentioned, you know, because we're talking about Jennifer Coolidge, Mm. I really liked her in that movie, in that TV series. And I think because she played somebody who wasn't... You know, we're used to seeing Jennifer Coolidge kind of as the... I guess the ditzy... um, ...ditzy blonde kind of character. And she was... Not really a ditzy blonde character in, in The Shotgun Wedding, but I guess she was playing a little bit to type. Mm-hmm. Um, But I just found like in, in The Watcher she was playing a completely different character and yeah. I was like, this is what I want to see. I want to see her break out of this mould yeah. and I think it has nothing to do with her. I think it's probably what she's been offered. Mm-hmm. And before White Lotus came along, she was kind of thinking, uh, am I, is it time for me to just kind of... Give this up mm. um, because she wasn't getting much. And um, now look at her. Yeah. And Mike White wrote that role specifically for her. And, you know, she won an Emmy for it. And, um, you know, so. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm glad you're enjoying Lotus, White Lotus. I really
0: am. I um. It You've took got me a two while. series, man. I know. I'm so excited. I love finding <clears throat> something new to watch that I actually enjoy watching and and look forward to going home to to sit down and watch. So no, I'm. I'm really enjoying it. Um. I also was watching a little bit of a Saturday Night Live. Um, have you seen the Pedro Pascal episode? No. I mean, I love Pedro Pascal. How can I watch
1: um, Saturday Night Live? It's on binge, isn't it? It's on it? binge. Yeah, yeah, we just got rid of binge. Um,
0: and I think the reason why I absolutely loved this particular episode is that there is a scene where he just loses his his S-H-I-T right. laughing and just can't stop, um, oh. which I think is really funny. Um, I'm not I'm not a huge Saturday Night Live fan. I find some of the sketches yeah. really... Um dumb, if I'm completely honest, yeah, just yeah. dumb.
1: Uh, it's funny though, but, because some of them are dumb. Like I typed into YouTube, oh, what's something that I might halfway enjoy that I can show Bryce so we can watch something together? <laughs> and I typed in child safe um, Saturday night live sketches. Oh. And so we watched some and some of them <laughs> I'll have to send you, but there's a spelling bee one. And I I showed it to a few people and no one laughed at it, and I laughed. I think so I know the one you're talking about. Hard yeah. is spelling a word. Yeah, obviously because it's a spelling bee. Yeah. Anyway, go and look at it on YouTube, and you can either agree or disagree with me. I think it's Will Forte, um, is yes. is the guy who's spelling the word. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was hilarious. but yeah.
0: I think it's very hit and miss. You will find something yeah. you like. And I, for me, I don't watch every episode. But if I come across one where there's an actor or a mm. singer or somebody that I really enjoy, um, I'll sit down and watch them perform. Like yeah. Aubrey Plaza did one recently. And, you know, I think she's really funny. So it was nice to watch her, um, Pedro Pascal. But then there's some I'm like, oh, no, I'm definitely going to watch that.
1: Yeah, I end up just seeing bits and pieces mm. on YouTube. And that's kind of how I to absorb it. Because the best stuff ends up going there anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, but anyway, we're going to play our last lot of sponsors and then uh, wrap things up.
0: You're listening to Unscripted, the film show.
1: So we're here to basically wrap things up in a in a bow and and finish the show. That rhymed. I'm a poet, and I know. <laughs>
0: Isn't it? I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. I yeah, did like but That your didn't birth. rhyme. Oh,
1: yeah. It doesn't rhyme if you do it that way.
0: Oh, my God. Goodness me! Are um, we more awake now? I think it's been a good show. I think we've I had think plenty so to talk about. We've covered off on a range of different things. Heck yeah! Um, Hopefully, I've
1: covered everything in, in in the list that I send to our little um, group chat. I so think that's that, great.
0: We've done a so, great job.
1: Uh, and um, are, we, are we going to go see
0: Titanic? Do you think? Or I'm thinking about it, but I'm not
1: sure. I'm kind of I'm half thinking half about half. it, but I know I won't.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'm like, yeah, I would love to do that, but I'm not going to do it. No, because so, it's cost. Mm.
1: It's, who's going to go with me other than you? And you live a million miles away mm. from me now. You used to live closer. I know. I
0: know. <sighs> uh, maybe. We'll see. Who knows? I might end up going. I don't know if I want to put myself I, through that. I think. The w- I also can't look
1: at Leonardo DiCaprio the same. It's so funny. The older he gets, like, they make the joke all the time mm. about how old he is and how young his women are. And I'm like, this is starting to get really creepy and dirty. Yeah. Like. Can you stop dating people who are 25? You're 50-something.
0: Yeah, and I know. And I think it's he he gets away with it because he is quite attractive. But if you put another man in that position who wasn't, let's say, as equally attractive and slightly more creepy, then it would be creepy.
1: But it is. Like think about Steve Buscemi. If he was going out with a 25-year-old. Exactly. To be honest, I'd be all for it. I love Steve Buscemi. Yeah, So Maybe why? we need to pick somebody else.
0: <laughs> but I just think that, you know, other people cop criticism for it and uh-huh. he seems to get escape that.
1: Yeah. But yeah. anyway, I'm, I'm not going to judge. I, but I suppose I shouldn't judge if, you, like, if they've got things in common, but I'm sure they don't. Yeah. What have they got in common? Mm. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Um, I think the, the winner for tonight's show is Kunk on Earth. Go and watch it. Um, because it's on Netflix and it's very funny. Um, maybe don't see the sun because you might cry. Sorry, I keep saying things and then you almost spit out your water. I shouldn't
0: really be drinking while we're talking anyway, so it's
1: probably a good thing. Not when I'm talking because I'm so funny I that you might spit out your water. I
0: know. And on yeah, no, not on equipment. On equipment, but yes, no, I agree. I think and they um, would never
1: be allowed on air ever, ever again.
0: Yeah, it'll just it's the, the station will blow up. Um, but yeah, come on earth. I'm going to check it out. And I think that, um, yeah, avoid the sun if you don't want to see anything sad, but who knows, maybe
1: you want to, maybe, maybe you do. Anyway, we'll catch you later guys. Uh, see you next week. See you next week.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.